Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Sphere podcast. I'm here with Pete. Hello. Um, we've got some of the our regular listeners. Listeners, have got a couple of questions for yourself. Okay, do no problem. If you can answer them or do your best to. Well, I'll try my best. <laughs> try your best. Um, this is a question from Robin who asks, "What's your views on Afghanistan? Should we have stayed or not?" Uh, my personal opinion is we should have stayed. Mm. I know it's not good when you have a loss of life of British soldiers or whichever, but I think it's just, we'll end up back out there, do we? It's going to be a disaster. Yeah. You know, you basically just turn the country over to some terrorists, and that's it. That's my opinion. Do you feel like it's been? It's the first time that obviously the army went in there, um, and a lot of services went in there and sorted sorted things out and left them the country. Do you feel like it's been a bit of a a shame that it's now gone back to the? The hands of the people who kind of kicked out in the yeah, first place. Yeah, basically, that's what it's gone full circle, isn't it? Because we went in to get rid of them, <clears throat> stayed there for 10 years, 20 years, and then we just walked away and let them left them in charge. Mm. And it the... seems to happen quite fast, really, mm. like the, how fast the Taliban took over. They're just waiting in the wings, basically. That's what it wasn't, you know. But I just personally, it's, I don't think it's right that the soldiers who've been killed or maimed, you know, lost limbs, you've got to be thinking what we've done it for. Mm, you know, yeah. that, to me that's the main but obviously it's horrible for the Afghani people, but I'm thinking from a British point of view. Yeah, it seems quite futile, doesn't it? Yeah. That we went over and now we're back to what is gonna be square one. Yeah, yeah. And there's lads there who again lost their lives or been maimed, injured, you know, so it's what's it for? Yeah, and I know they've said that they're going to change certain things, but I think I shared a text with you where they were saying about public stoning was going to be a thing again and lashing people and yeah, it will be off limbs. So. It will be. At the end of the day, so I'm like, once a terrorist, always a terrorist. Mm. Just simple. They're not going to change the ways. They're still going to be doing it. So I think it's a bit of a mistake coming out. No, that's understandable. Robin also asked, and I think this is something we've had a chat about, is do you see there being a bigger security threat back at home? Definitely, definitely. Because, again, we're back, like you just said yourself, we're back to square one. Mm. 20 years ago, the Taliban were in there dictating things, and now they're back doing it again. And what happened 20 years ago? Yeah, exactly. Just over twin terrors, you know, that sort of thing. That's when it was at its height. Now we're back to it, don't we, really? You think about it that way. And I think it's something that at work is quite a big thing that's a topic of conversation of having people, uh, refugees over here and mm-hmm. getting people into the UK to take them away from the kind of fighting and devastation that's over there. And in the in the, the hindsight, it's brilliant to get people out mm-hmm. of that kind of war-torn country. Yeah. But it's what it brings with it as well, doesn't it? Because there's a fair few people who aren't genuinely... Refugees. Refugee seekers, yeah, definitely. Uh, you're going to get, without a doubt, amongst all them people that are coming in, there's going to be terrorists amongst them. Mm. No matter what people say on the news or whatever Boris and his crew decide to say, there's going to be terrorists amongst them. You've got to think to yourself, a lot of them are like 30-year-old guys. Well, you know, are they families? They aren't families. They're coming over as single guys. Why? That's it, yeah. Why? You know, where's the families? That's it, and it always seems a bit odd when you speak to somebody. So yeah, my wife and children, I've left them there, so so I can establish yeah, life over here. Exactly. That seems yeah. harsh. Yeah, but I think it's uh, <clears throat> you've opened the back door basically for the terrorists to come in. Definitely, and it's well known, isn't it, with any mass migration that people will take that advantage to, yeah. to use that oh, to to enter countries and 
Definitely. off the back of yeah. other country sympathy. So, mm-hmm. so that's, uh, I think that's what will be happening. Mm, definitely. Um, do people need to be more vigilant and security aware in the future? Robin's asked. Should always, well, in the future, yeah, but also now, because this mm. is when it's going to... The thing is with terrorists, again, they wake up fear. For a while, we haven't really had anything major. Yeah. So, summit, any time now is going to happen. That's, that's the way it is with terrorism. You know, it's not, that's not rocket science. No. So, we don't, don't drop your guards because it's, it's going to happen. But you can't say where, how do you know? That's it. So, we've got to be vigilant. Be aware of what's going on around you. Good situational awareness, which I always plug, but that's the fact, you know. If you see something that's wrong, report it. I think people in general, I know we're all guilty of it, well, I know I am, you're probably not, um, of letting things get lax and just ignoring mm. the things that you should really be paying attention to. Yeah. Just going, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, no, it's again, it's the old um, gut feeling, as I call it. Mm. It's that's your instincts telling you something is wrong, so listen to your gut feelings. Definitely. Don't be embarrassed if you, you ring, I don't know, let's say you see a, <clears throat> a bag in a shopping centre, don't be embarrassed to go and tell the security or even the policeman, whatever. And if it is just a bag, fair play, it's not a problem, is it? Yeah. But it could it. be a bot. So, you know, just trust your instincts, go for it. That's it. Try and leave with your limbs, end yeah. of life. Yeah, don't, don't, just don't go and pick it up either. No. So. Not a good idea. Hmm. So, John, John's asked, um, did you find it hard to adjust after leaving the Special Forces? Uh you got to do it at the end of the day, Sam. You know, you, you know, some sooner or later you have to come out of the what you've been doing. So you just got to learn to adjust. Unfortunately, you know, a few guys haven't. They couldn't cope with like what we call civil life, and unfortunately, you know, top themselves, that sort yeah. of thing. But I've always found it. Uh, yeah, you miss it. You miss the comradeship. You miss all the action, the adrenaline. But you have to find other ways. To, you know, coping with that and doing. That's why I went into close protection. It's not like kicking in doors all the time, but it's still that adrenaline, looking after somebody, doing something, you know, constantly monitoring things. So that's the way I sort of replaced it in a sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, the answer to that one is I, I do miss it, but it's, you, know, you have to come out sooner or later. That's it. And I mean, Bev had asked if uh, that's one of our regular listeners, Ben's friend, if, if you miss, miss it. Yeah, like I say, like I just said, you do miss it, it's like anything. You know, once you've been there, it's, it's that much of adrenaline. You're living on your adrenaline, basically. Then all of a sudden, you know, you know, you're at the gates. That's it. Yeah, basically, you're silly. Yeah, going back to normality. That must have been quite hard, then, not because coming out of that kind of regimented way of life must have been quite hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. Again, it's because well, not so much with the SF because, like with the we call the Green Army, you, everything's sort of. Once you've done your basic training, everything's done for you. Everything's put there, right? That's what you do. Yeah. This is what you do. That's what. So it's like a regimented life. But the SF, it's not so much you work off your own back. You've I mean, got to be proactive. I mean, if you're going to operation, obviously you have to have your operational orders and this sort of thing. But it's like relying on your own steam, basically. You know, yeah. So, and so when you, sometimes the guys come out and they haven't got that to sort of do, they get a bit lost in the ways, you know. So that's that's just the way it is. Yeah, it can happen and mm. it is known to happen, isn't it? And a lot of people have suffered with a lot of PTSD yeah, yeah. and and things for, like that. So no, that's that's John's question answered. Thank you. So we've also got a question from... We've got a couple of questions from Sam. Okay. Um, he's asked, 
fuel is already at bad time at the pumps. Um, we're also being told to prepare, prepare for a rough winter mm-hmm. with energy prices shortages. Says all we need now is a food shortage, which there has been talk of. Um, any advice for keeping a house or room that doesn't have a firewall? Okay, so going back from the start of the question, you've got um, fuel problems at the moment, which are easy at the moment, you can put the military in. Um, but things like, you know, you know energy, what do you call it, poverty in winter, we get that every year. Mm. It's not a sudden a new thing, you know, it happens every year. People go without, can't afford to have their eating on. As they say on these programmes, you know, it's either eating or eat food. But has it ever been any different? Yeah. To be fair, I'm not, I feel sorry for people, I really do, but every winter the old folks suffer, don't they? Mm, that's it. You know, so it's nothing new in that respect. Um, we've had fuel shortages before, actual fuel shortages, not shortage of drivers. Yeah. But it's resilience, we get over it, that's the way it is. What else can we do? We've just got to get through it. You know? That's it, and I think as well with the fuel, the fuel shortages that we've had, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of that has been caused by the general public being absolute dickheads. Yeah, panic, panic stricken, yeah. It happened, didn't it, and the, the pandemic started. Total yeah. rolls, some strange reason, total rolls. But this is it. But this is the, not mob mentality, but it's like Chinese whispers, one year something changes. And they're all off into the shelves. Quick. That's it. And everybody's listening to the media a lot more than they should be saying, oh, yeah, you need to go get your petrol, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's caused more of the shortages that we're seeing. And then, of course, you get the greed. You see the guys on the news filling up um, jerry cans at the back of their cars. I mean... Or plastic bags. Yeah, anything, whatever. You know, that's just greed, and you know. Yeah. If everybody just it. went and had a suit them out, everybody would be fine. But that's the mentality. This is it. So... As regards warming, keeping your house warm if you haven't got a fire. I don't know why you haven't got a fire, but that's the that's way it is. Um, I mean, basically, it's just extra clothing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, keep it, how, how do you keep your house warm if you've got no eating? Well, that's it. That. It's going to be off your body, basically, and you get as many people in that room as you can stay in one room in the house. Yeah. So, they, you know, keep the door shut. But have the windows slightly open, because any heat that is generated, as the air gets warmer, cooler air gets warm quicker, then the air that's already in there. That's yeah. stale air, if you know what I'm saying. So don't throw the windows wide open unless you freeze, but I mean, oh, yeah. have an exchange of air, you know, that'll, that does help. But again, it's just, you know, clothing. What else can you do? Well, yeah, yeah. Quilt covers and all, all of the like. Yeah, one of the best things might seem a bit silly sitting here, but wear a woolly hat. Because mm. you lose a lot of heat out of your head. If you keep your head warm, your body will stay warm, reasonably. Yeah. So, you know, that's all you can say about that, really. Okay, it's also asked, which is quite an interesting question. Um, Australia, the US, and the UK have made a pact recently to share militarized technology. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this is to muscle it up on China and show strength on how much of a threat. Um, to show strength, yeah, how much yeah. of a threat do you think they are? China, well, yeah, they've been a threat for a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time, just along with the Russians and the North Koreans, you know. Because China now, we've got basically China now have a second superpower. You know, they've overtaken Russia and they'll overtake America. So they've got a superpower as well. Yeah. So I think they're just getting a little bit panicky. You know, thinking, well, what do we do to counteract this? But it's only the same as what we did sort of against, in the Cold War against Russia. Everybody got together. Yeah. You know, the UK, America, all sorts of countries. So we do it again now, really. We've got Australia, UK, America. 
you know, there's some firepower there when you think about it. So it, well, yeah. it'll match up against the Chinese. That's, that's the way of thinking, I think, personally. But at the end of the day, it's again, it's that's politics. You know, at the end of the day, it's politics. We know the world has been on the brink before, but just sit around every day worrying about it because no disrespect, if they start whacking them missiles over, we won't do anything about yeah. it. It'll all be over. So you know. You'll hope that you're in the epicenter rather than anywhere else. Oh well, yeah, really. hope the missile hits you top of the head and they don't know anything. That's it. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, but again, it's, it's, it'd be irresponsible not to think about it, but worrying about it too much, I, I don't think it'll get you anywhere. That's it. It just causes more stress, doesn't mm -hmm. it? That's not needed. Yeah, focus on what's going on now. Perfect. Um, Sam's final question is, uh, he says that 99% of the police do a fantastic job and absolutely on our side. Mm -hmm. Shameless CPS aren't usually. That's but, true. Yeah, they don't back them up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> under the circumstances of the red tape, bureaucracy, and the, quite frankly, general wokeness mm -hmm. holds back officers from doing their job. Yeah. Um, but after the after the event with Sarah Everard, what advice would you give the females that maybe find themselves in a situation with a policeman that makes them feel it's not right? Uh, well, on this one, so I mean to, well, not like plugging what we do, but it's situational awareness and being prepared, being yeah. prepared for it. I mean, I know people might have got me with that same old, he was a copy. She thought, he's a copy, you go with the cop and he shows you his one card. It's a person of trust, isn't it? Yeah, which is a natural thing, you should be able to trust coppers. But he's one bad apple, isn't he? Mm. You know, not every cop is going to be like him. It's illogical. And I've been funny, if you think about, you could say the same about uh, truck drivers, because Peter Sutcliffe was a truck driver. Exactly. You know, so was every truck driver a rapist and a murderer. You know, so you've got to draw the line that I feel sorry for that poor girl, but that's, you know. With regards, you've got to think to yourself, trust, you've got to trust your gut instinct. If you think something's wrong, if you don't think there's something strange about this so called policeman, don't be on the call then. Yeah. What's the worst thing you can do? You can go for a rest, yeah. If he starts getting forceful in that way then, hey, I'd rather just kick him on the shin or kick him to the knee and do a running. Yeah, definitely. If he is a real policeman, you'll just get a fine. That's it. And if he isn't, you know, that's so to really that's the simplest answer. You know, if you're in a vehicle, for example, and you're stopped, female or a male, and they pull you over and you said, you know, I want to I'm gonna arrest you this and this, stay in your car. This sounds silly advice, you normally take the keys off you, but if you aren't sure, drive off. Drive mm. to somewhere that's habitated, like a petrol station, a supermarket, where there's lots of people. Then if he is a, a bent copper, he won't come there, will he? Yeah. You know, so get it. where there's a crowd, get where there's people. Then if he is a genuine policeman, well, he's on cameras, this, that, and the other, and I'm pretty sure somebody else will back you up as well. But in the same sense, you, you can actually um, just close your clothes and lock your doors and... Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, just phone just 9. Just say, is there a copper? They did say, you know, phone 999, they said that on the tally, didn't they? I think the bit when he said about asking for his radio and radio station, that's really not going to happen, <laughs> it's not really going to happen, is it? Because if he's like a, a murderer, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give him a radio. <laughs> of course, no But it was a strange situation, because it was night time, he was coming off a night shift, that uh, young lady was out in the middle of the night, that sort of thing, and it was bad circumstances, really, you know, yeah. so... It's Dodgy grounds anyway, isn't it? Nobody knows yet what the kind of motivation no, around it was. No, totally. When he's gone, it's where he should be rest his life. But personally, I think he should be bringing back um, 
Capital punishment. Definitely. And things like that, there should be no messing about, it should be just all job done. That's my opinion. Definitely. And I think with the, the way times have changed, so going for myself, obviously, being female, then you get all this, women have to be able to look after themselves. So mm-hmm. It's the kind of rights we fought for, mm-hmm. or many people yeah, fought yeah. for back in the day, Fair um, yeah. to make us equal. But you see a lot on the TV, which is awesome, and in on well, in media that says how males should be the ones there to protect the females and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think in some senses, you get a lot of women in society, you think, well, I mean, you hear, I hear it a lot with, as if we've got something going on at work, mm-hmm. anything's kicking off, they'll sit there and go, wait till the men come down. Yeah. And you've got to think, well, no, actually, we're supposed to be equal. So in them kind of situations where you can land yourself, it's it's not really up to anybody else to protect you, is it? Male or female, it's up to you to protect just, you. Yeah, you're in it on your own. No disrespect. Um, <clears throat> the real police won't get there straight away. No. Whatever situation it is. See, so you get attacked in your house. You know, male, female, you're in the house. How long do you take for the police call? On average. Well, how the hell do you get to your phone if you, somebody's got their hands around your yeah, neck? That's it, yeah. So you get the tap, how do you phone the police? Mm. If you can't get a phone call out, how long is it going to take them to get there? Within 30 seconds, you could be dead. That's it. They're going to be at the fastest 10 minutes, unless you live right next to the police station, obviously. You know, and but, that's a push nowadays, because yeah, we've yeah. got to call them out, and it's been an hour, yeah. three quarters of an hour. Yeah. I mean, this podcast stays within certain people, so... Uh, I'm just going to say to, you know, with the, with the police, I can describe this one, I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Trying to be politically correct. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they can't get there quick enough. It's not there, not really their fault, they're under pressure, this, that and the other, and all the political correctness rubbish. But if you'd found yourself in that situation, and you ring up this one, you know, there's somebody outside your garden, you're panicking in the yeah. dark, and they're oh yeah, is he this, that and the other, just say... He's got a weapon, he's got a knife in his yeah. hand. And the police will de- deploy firearm squad straight away. Definitely. Other than that, you might be waiting a long time, but again, don't pass this round, because you're, you're not supposed to do it. But just say, he's got a weapon, and he's trying to get him here, and they'll be there. This is but for them, that can still take 10 minutes. Of course, yeah. So like you just said yourself, Sam, it's up to the individual to protect themselves in the meantime, if you have to. So it's, it's not a plug for every combat, but this is what I teach. Yeah. Or what we teach as sphere combat. Nobody's going to help you. As much as you'd like them to. And yeah. Let's face it now, even in walking down the street now, how many people will react if you're screaming and this, that, and that? That's you, it. You just think it's a dust dead, don't you? Yeah, I'm not getting involved. Or it's, it's a domestic, I'm not getting involved. Yeah. In fact, you could be getting killed. Well, that's it. You know, so you got to learn. Unfortunately, it's the way of the world. You've got to learn to look after yourself. And it's the same with um, like house alarms and things like that. Even mm. if something were to be able to trigger that, people just go, oh, for God's sake, it's their alarm again. Car alarm, just ignore them, you? Yeah, just ignore them after a while. Yeah. But I always say, I've said before, so I mean, in, you know, in classes and things, I say to people, if you're getting attacked, might seem silly, if you wanted attention, shout fire. Yeah. Shout, scream fire, like there's a fire, and people will look around. It's, all, it's an automatic thing, you'll look for the fire. And then they'll probably, hopefully, see what's going on. Yeah. But if you just shout and scream, like you just say, you might be sitting doorstep doing river dance down the middle of the main road or something. Yes, is you know what I mean? That's, that's, so you've got to draw attention, but all said and done, would it be better to learn to look after yourself? This is it. The chances of survival for mm. that are a lot higher than 
you know, obviously getting battered or getting raped or whatever, and think, that's male and female. If you think of like, yeah, you know, your millionaires or pop star, the people I sort of look after, or I mean, it's all right for these politicians to say, yeah, do this, that, and the other. They got protection. That's it. They're, they're fine. You know, and people pay me good money to look after them, but I can't be anywhere. If you know what I'm saying. That's it. Yeah. You might be. I might be looking after you, and so Jane over there, I can't look after her. So. Putting in that respect, you've got to learn to do it yourself just in case. It's just logical though, isn't it, that you give yourself that chance. And yeah. I think anybody who doesn't, it's, you get battered and it's kind of tough shit. That's the way it would. That's Unfortunately, again, but, uh, there's no point in moaning about it after when you could have done everything before. Exactly. No, like I say, with sphere combat, I know you say to all my students, you'll know so many first started. I'll give you 85% chance mm. of, of coming out alive in any situation. Yeah. The other 15, let's say, is up to you. Yeah, definitely. It's your mindset, how you train, do you train, do you train hard enough, give it your all, or do you just turn up for the sake of, you know, these sort of things. It's got to be, got to get out of your comfort zone and do it for real. That's what we do here. That's it. You know, so no, I don't make any excuses for this. I'm not, I'm not putting up this, say, styles down. I've done it all 40 odd years now. And that's it. It is about doing it as, as you should. I mean, I don't know how far I'm out of my comfort zone I am now with all the bleak and sink and the door shut. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it is what it is. But it is a real room, isn't it? It's real situations, yeah. it's real scenarios, which I think helps. And Yeah, I mean, I won't train people for something that's not going to happen. Anything I teach people could happen. That's it. And so you basically, it's like you're prepping. It's like prepping, like you said, about these you know preppers that go around and... I mean, go back to prepping, if, if everything does kick off, this is why I run these um, wilderness courses that I do. Yeah. Survival, they aren't just, let's find some berries and sit around the campfire singing in Ganguly. I'm saying it's, yeah. it's actual, you would use these skills if you find yourself on your own. That's it. And it's an interesting skill to have them as well, isn't it? Just, even just for a bit of enjoyment or yeah, you, can. you can go out and show off to your mates and you look yeah. and do this. But also the other side of it is like do the escape and invasion, but... I also do, you know, courses and everything on kidnap and ransom. Mm. You go any, uh, I don't know, any country. Kidnap in this country. You yeah. go on the holidays, you become the easy target to them people who, who are skilled at it. That's it, you're kidnapped. It isn't Definitely. just like wealthy people, it can be anybody. Well, yeah. If... You know, so what would people do? I'm not, being, I'm not saying I've got every answer under the sun, but I give people a chance of recognising, sorting, doing something. And having that chance is important. Yeah. And it's the same as... Um... It's like the heat training, but mm-hmm. there's a there's a different version that you do that's more for travellers, isn't it? Yeah, just travelling. Again, business people or people going on the holidays, a version of it with that. Mm. Then I do the version, obviously, when lads are going out to, you know, foreign countries and in war zones, basically. Yeah. You know, so. And I think uh, like that kind of training would be perfect for the gap year students, because they're quite vulnerable, yeah, exactly. aren't they? Yeah. Most of them are very young. Yeah, it's happened quite a lot. First time out, you know. out in... Out in the world. In fact, it's almost, I would say, every two or three years, you leave on the news, your backpack has gone missing. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying you know, we protect everybody in the group, it'll be impossible, but I'll give them a chance. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And the other kind of people, like those doctors with borders, without borders, yeah. who yeah. go around, like some from here, they might go to Uganda, somewhere like that. Exactly. And they are quite dangerous areas, really, when you're out in the sticks. Definitely. I mean, if you think back to, um, again, you're back to the terrorists, we'll be here on the podcast. Um, there was a guy, I can't remember his name, but he was an aid worker from Manchester. And basically, I think it was, uh, was it ISIS? Anyway, 
they killed him. Yeah. But he's pretty much chopped his head off and another guy. And all that guy is trying to do is help people. So nobody is beyond these people. No. It's the same with kidnapping. I mean, I've worked in places like Bogota and come, you know, over there. I'm not kidding, I'm just going to shoot you from Osborne. Yeah. And people think, oh, no, it'll be fine. It won't. It won't. you just got to, you've got to prepare for it. Or don't go there. Yeah. You know, so. That's but, you, but you can't lock yourself away. No, and that's the thing, and a lot of people do like to go out and see mm. real life in, in real cultures. So that's yeah, yeah. why they go there. So. I mean, I'm not paranoid, but when I go away overseas, I wouldn't say where to go because. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> but I go in all day with, with my family and stuff. I don't walk down like paranoid towards where we're stopping, but I'm always checking things out. Yeah. Always looking for different routes, always looking for this, that, and the other. You know? But that's the scenarios, isn't it? That you run through your head to. Yeah. To the best ways to get out and, and yeah. things like that. But in that case, I'm thinking of like my family and myself, obviously, but then my family, what would we do? I don't have to sit all day, all day thinking about it, but it's like an immediate action plan. You yeah. just go straight in, right? This is this, right? It's just a risk assessment, isn't yeah. it? And really, we should all all kind of have that built in. I mean, I know we don't, we don't, we don't do it everywhere we get no. ourselves as you build like a normal human beings. Like you say, a risk assessment up, like we teach people on the e courses. But risk assessment has got to be dynamic mm. because I could do your assessment for um, France, Paris, and France. Great, good assessment. This something other. You get there, it's going to be different. Yeah, that's it. It's not going to be the same people. It's not going to be the same traffic. It's not going to be the same weather. It's not going to be, you know, so all these things have to be accounted for. That's it. But you can only do that dynamically. So that's, you've got to be switched off. Mm, yeah. And like I say, I'm not trying to flog on my courses, but that comes with training. That's it, yeah. And it is. And I think it's something, that, especially like with the combat training, I think mm. you've got to you've got to apply yourself. You've got to turn up every week. You've got to be dedicated. Yeah, yeah. The only person that you're letting down otherwise is, is kind of yourself if you're not making that effort. Like I say to people, I'm here for you. If you turn up, I'm here for you. Yeah. But if you don't come, I can't help you. You know, that's the, that's the way I look at it. But, that's it. Uh, but thankfully, most of me, well, the students that come are the ones that want to do it. Yeah. You know, ones, people, some people, you know, they might decide they don't want to do it in this, but sometimes I don't really get it because it's not like we do... No disrespect, like boring stuff, like studying lines, punching mid and all this. We have a little bit of fun along the way because I'd say Liam better, more relaxed. Yeah. But it's it's total uh, scenarios, dynamic risk assessments as you're training. That's and it. that's what you'll have to do. How you train is how you fight outside. Definitely. So if you go in doing some fancy move like in Riverdance, that's what you do outside. I don't know, I've done a bit of that yeah. today. And like I always say to people, you know, muggers, kidnappers, street fighters, they're skilled in what they do. Yeah. You've got to counter them. That's it. You know, it's like with, with terrorists. Counter-terrorism is actually the weird, isn't it? You've got to think like a terrorist to beat a terrorist. That's it. But at the same time, they study how counter-terrorism police work or military. That's it, yeah. So it's like a bit of cat and mouse. Not telling anybody to go out and lay some nail bombs in, in local town or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, it's perfect. You know, to me, it's, it's, I'm still the same notion. I've been... Combat since well, about 48 years now, I think. DSF, this, the, the CP, but I'm always, I've never sit back on my laurels, I'm always looking to yeah. make it better, make it better, make this better, make that better. That's it, and I mean, I will plug one of your things that's upcoming. Um, you've got another survival course, it's a couple of days, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, when yeah. was it, November? This one in November, and I've actually just been, so we've been getting in touch for one in December as well. So if you like to come and freeze, 
yeah. to um, give it a shout. You don't please. You'll be fine, you can buy a coat. Okay, I'll be um, blue Some, by the time you come out, but yeah. Some will be okay, because you've got the region in his house, haven't we? That's so you might it, he'll have learnt by then. You might as well come sit in the trees. <laughs> Just be in a log, can't you? So yeah, if you if you do want to join, by all means, get in touch, and I'm sure people yes, will definitely. be able to. It's open, we know Sphere as an entire thing is open to everybody. You know, protection, but I've got my protection side of things. Even if people need you know, surveillance, if they go on my website, it's here. Yeah. Surveillance, even... Everything. It's very bespoke, isn't it? Everything I don't suppose it's a in case the lad's sitting there and the missus next to him. Matrimonial stuff. <laughs> you know, investigations, <laughs> everything. But we cover everything. That's why I turned the word sphere for me. Sphere protection services and sphere combat, because it covers yeah. the sphere of everything. That's this right. is That's it. And it's international as well, isn't it? Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got a few contracts overseas now, so we're doing... Okay. Brilliant. That's perfect. Thanks for your time again, Pete, and no thanks problem. for everyone listening. It was a pleasure. Like I say to everybody, just get in touch if need be. Details on the website. I'm always on the end of the phone. Awesome. Stay safe, all of you. Cheers. Bye.